0: It's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Fixies, and today I am delighted to be joined by Camilla Elwood. Camilla is someone that I've worked with uh, now for quite some time as uh, they, she's been involved with Unlimited, which is a funding body that we have um, worked with over the years to build up Tech Fixies, and I'm so glad she said yes to this interview. We're going to be talking all about social enterprise and how to fund social enterprises and really what a, what a thriving social enterprise looks like. So Camilla, thanks for being here. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you. So you've worked with uh, people all over the country uh, as they've set up social enterprises Mm. in order to make uh, the world a better place. Talk about the definition of a social enterprise. I know it's a little bit contentious still. Uh, There's not a real answer here, but how does um, Unlimited see um, see social enterprise and what's your view on it? Yeah,
1: Um, I think there's something like 26 definitions of social enterprise. I guess for me, and I think Unlimited too, it really is just um it's it's proving a way of business which can also have a purpose with it and making sure that you know whatever you're doing whether it's a selling a product or a service that it's got a commercial viability at the same time as doing good and i think that's what we see and we we fund around 500 social entrepreneurs a year um and kind of the, the common thing is having a great founder who's got a real passion what they do for whatever reason whether they have lived experience or whether they're just really passionate about a certain cause so i think for me social enterprise is really about the individual who's who's the founder and really uh yeah making sure there's that viable commercial element to the to the business which which makes it different to a charity i guess
0: yeah for sure uh so with charities obviously there isn't necessarily a commercial commercially viable option although a lot of charities are starting to introduce a commercially yeah. viable arm so mm-hmm. that they can fund their charity work um do you see a lot of that come through yeah I, we, we work we're kind of agnostic on legal structure
1: unlimited so we work with a whole bunch of charities and kind of other structures uh if you if they are a charity they kind of have to be significantly reliant on traded income and I think more and more charities are doing that because it is it is a way to be sustainable and you know I've i worked in the charity the purely charitable sector and I've worked with social enterprise and I think the difference with social enterprise is that you, yeah you're not reliant on that next grant funding round although obviously a lot of social enterprises do get grant funding it's not it's not a bad thing to get grant funding but um but yeah, it, I think it's, it, it makes sense for a lot of charities to focus on, you know, having a trading arm as well. And that, that might mean setting up a separate legal structure, which can get complicated, but um, a lot of people are doing it.
0: Well, I've been working with Unlimited now for seven years. I can't mm. believe that. Um, so I went through the very first award I applied for was the Do It Award. Of course, there's, is there still the Try It Award? Yeah. Um, I think so we kind of call them different things now
1: but we do have the kind of try it award which is anywhere from 200 to maybe 500 pounds just to to help people set up business to yeah and then we we definitely have the do it though so the try it I think is less less common but our funding is, is has changed a bit uh since then probably <laughs> um but yeah may, mainly the do it awards which are roughly 5k uh for businesses who've kind of got a As you know, got a model, got got an idea, got everything set up. They just need a bit of seed funding in a way.
0: Oh yeah. I remember I paid for my logo with it. I paid for my website hosting with it. I, you know, I, there's so much. I remember I was able to just business cards, all those things. I remember getting my first business cards because every job I had, no one had ever given me business cards. And then to have my own company that was a social enterprise at the time it was made with joy and have my own business card was, (laughs) I remember showing up at like a mom's group and like, here's my business card. Like they didn't care, but I was so excited about
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of liberating about the funding unlimited office because you can use it for all sorts of things like that, um, which is like basic costs that businesses need. um So, so yeah, I think I think that's it. It's a good use, marketing materials.
0: Yeah, and then we we went from the do it to the grow it. I don't know if you still have the grow it. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's less <laughs> less grow it awards because they're larger awards. Grow it's all about fifteen thousand. We're trying to, I think. I think the idea is that we're focusing a bit more on giving out more do it so we can support more people uh because obviously 15k is a bigger chunk of funding that we have um but yeah we do just still do do uh grow it <laughs> I've been at a minute for almost four years and I still get like the being it, it <laughs> confused um but yeah uh it's, it's less common but I think it's a really really nice thing that can do that, like we can, we can support you at a try it, a do it, and then a grow it level, like like tech pixies, and then investment. Um, it's really nice to show, like, a, with the dedicated kind of support. It's 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 a long. We we recognize it's a we're in it for the long haul, um, which I think funders have to do. Uh, you know, it's not a linear journey. You don't go from like little try it award up to investment, but there is uh, support along the way. I think which social entrepreneurs need.
0: Well, and we definitely were rejected. We, we won the do it award and we got the full 5,000. And then I went for the grow it award and we got rejected and I had to go for it again. And, yeah. uh, and, and it was actually, it was, you know, as, as hard as it was to not get it, there were good reasons why we didn't get it. And then when we did go for it again, it was the right timing for us. And so I also think what I really respect about what unlimited does is they really look at where you are and where you want to be and mm. and just how far you've come and they're kind of uh, you know we you guys have just always been there for us and it's not just about the financial support yeah social entrepreneurs need a lot of support right yeah,
1: absolutely <laughs> that's key
0: that's that's our, our thing i guess like
1: i our, the support element of what we do is just as if not more important for so many people and we know that because we get people coming time and time to to, back to us because they, they really value support so yeah we we offer like a range of support so I, i'm in the investment team as you know um and the investment team we work with kind of smaller caseloads of social enterprises so we give more intense level of support so our support is is we know there's barriers that entrepreneurs face in terms of growing businesses and um, we um we try and combat those barriers by pairing like a an entrepreneur with a a social entrepreneur support manager as we call them um at the moment uh, or a portfolio manager like what i do and yeah it's just about being that critical friend being that person who's on the other end of the phone call uh to 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 provide support when necessary whether that's helping you with your financial model your social impact measurement, to literally just being like a shoulder to cry on which um i i have often experienced because it's it can be lonely kind of being a social entrepreneur um i think a huge part of what we do is is being that kind of like i said that critical friend um so we do that a lot in the investment team but also at the grant level like you get a year of support i think with the grant and that is just like a confidence boost that might be just like a few coaching sessions but it is just we want entrepreneurs to know that you know, we really are supporting them and we know that there's certain barriers that, that can be combated by by providing that support.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and we've benefited massively from that and the ability to get, um, you know, like, when, like you said, there's these barriers that people face and you go, okay, I'm, we're, we have to make a decision about tax or we have to make a decision about um gdpr we have to make it and you've got all these amazing organizations you've built up relationships with who will say yeah let's get you on a call let's see what we can do on a pro bono basis because it can add up really really fast especially in legal world
1: yeah yeah and we've got um connect unlimited connect offering and that's our team here who are amazing made up of uh, three really amazing women actually uh all Um, female team and they are they just get in all the support in terms of pro bono like we've got hogan levels who are fantastic of ours um to, they give so much support to these entrepreneurs you know thousands and thousands of pounds worth of support um but not just legal we, we have like marketing agencies coming in during like support days for entrepreneurs we have hr support you know you name it and then also which is you know quite a social impact support so we've got consultants who we can bring in and and do do that you know pay for that support when no, that's sometimes the last thing you can afford to do when you're running your own business is to pay for someone to help you do that sort of thing so yeah our connect offer is a huge part of what we do and i i think there's there is a value we've put on it i can't remember what it is but i'm sure it's several hundred
0: thousand oh, yeah i would imagine yeah huge. Yeah. what so let's talk about the different entrepreneurs that you've worked with you've worked with so many inspiring entrepreneurs What, um, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're saying, okay, I want to get started. And obviously I would highly recommend getting started by going to the unlimited website, UNLTD, um, such a great website for getting your bearings and like, they've got all the different stages there for you to work through as to where you start but just opening up the conversation with unlimited getting access to the support is a great place there's a podcast as well I believe Mm -hmm. there's there's so much to dip into but let's talk about some of the amazing entrepreneurs you've worked with can you give us one or two stories of people who've really done something amazing in the social enterprise space yeah
1: so our investment fund is the first one we've ever done and and unlimited typically is a grant funder so uh we we've we've dabbled in the world of investment we've really enjoyed it we're, we're looking to, to do more of this but um, i have had the enjoyment of working with people who are, quite, who are quite new to this side of unlimited it's not something we've typically done so um yeah i thought it was some amazing people and, and all, i still work with most of them because they're all on a, on a loan repayment period of about five years so it's quite a long relationship that I have with my ventures which is really nice um I think one of the, the main ones I can think is uh, Harry Spector's. They are a chocolate... <laughs> I like them because they're a chocolate company, but they're, they're an amazing company. So they, they make uh, kind of high-end chocolates, uh, but they're, they're run by a husband and wife, Mona and Shaz, and um, they're just really brilliant people. They're just really dedicated to the cause. So they employ young autistic people um, in their workforce. Uh, that Their son, he has... Uh, autism and they wanted to find a way to employ him or or people like him um and and give them jobs and and and, and, you know a a career path I guess so they they created what they could do I think Mona was uh she's she's kind of the one who made chocolate and they've just created an amazing business model out of purely wanting to help young people with autism into the world of work so they now they when we first started supporting them I think they were in their conservatory making chocolates like at the back of their house and um since we invested in um we invested in about three years ago now um we gave them grants before that and they're now in a huge unit in um in Ely Ely in Cambridgeshire and they just like they there's chocolates they sell like crazy amount you know they're turning over like several hundred thousand a year now and they're in like all the online websites and stuff and I just every time I speak to them they grow and grow and grow and it's great to watch because every like they worked out their value per chocolate It's crazy like the amount of social value to create a chocolate and they, they they employ so many people now um just because of the dedication and passion so I love love working with them purely from a how passionate they are and how they just saw something that really affected them and they created a business and a really successful business at that so that's like a really beautiful social enterprise story I think um so for the there one and I guess oh god I worked with so many others uh who else Nemi Tease are run by a guy called Pranav who literally he went to a cafe one day and he was served by uh, a refugee and he said he was working there because he said he needed a he needed a, a work reference basically and he was I think he was finishing that job soon and he needed to go on to something else and Pranov was like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna employ you I'm gonna create a business and employ you you need you need to be like you need support and I, I really want to support you so he started as a tea company something that he's always been interested in to employ refugees in the UK and he has links with kind of refugee charities they refer refugees into him and he they work in like the production line and the packaging the marketing etc and he's now in cafes all over he's in quite a few co-ops now and um again he was just a guy who just saw this just one weekend he was just having a drink somewhere and just saw someone who needed support and it's like right I'm just going to create a business to help you um so yeah and we invested in them about three years ago as well and, and really enjoyed working Working with them, so just a few examples.
0: The other one I was going to say was a beer one, but I won't go into that. (laughs) Is that Tap Social in Oxford? Yeah, yeah, we know them quite well because they're they're in the neighbourhood. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We just started working. Well, we work with them on the same program you were on on Thrive, and they're just ace as well. Like the the employment solutions for that, you know, their ex offenders, their area. They get people on day release as well. That they train them so they're ready for when they come out, and all in the local area and they've got great links with them, um, like a recruitment agency, I think in Oxfordshire and getting them on, at the moment, they're getting lots of their employees, obviously, because they can't employ everyone, they get them jobs in other bits. And there's, um, I think they're getting a lot of jobs in the HS2 work at the moment in Oxfordshire. So it's like, they're just constantly creatively thinking about opportunities for the people they want to support, knowing that they can't support everyone themselves.
0: Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think this is why I love social enterprise. You know, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful type of business to run. And um, there's, you know, the, the, the the blessings back to your community are so huge. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is challenging. It's, it's more challenging. I think sometimes than straightforward business, although I think straightforward business is moving more towards um, having a social element, and so it's going to become more commonplace. Yeah. But I certainly massively have benefited from the education I've received at Unlimited and the financial support for sure. Yeah, um, I would not be. I mean, I've said to you several times, and to the Unlimited folks, like if there was no Unlimited, there would be no Tech Pixies. So we're so lucky um, mm-hmm. that we that we've gotten this far. What what would you say when someone's got an idea and they start mm-hmm. to map it out? Why why would they? Why should they go for funding? Why why mm-hmm. should they try and not bootstrap it from day one? Well, I think the main thing
1: you've got to think about when you're starting out is what gaps are there. Like what where where is it you need support? Where do your skills fall short? And where do you know that you clearly need uh, not just I think when you're first starting out, it's really thinking about the practical support you need. Obviously, finance is always important, but once you have that business model in place, like what, where are the gaps that you're gonna you're gonna see? Like, what staffing are you gonna need, for example, that clearly you're gonna need some money for. And whilst, because I do work on the investment team, I'm I'm quite taken by the model of social investment, especially if you can get some flexible finance, that you know, not just pure debt finance, which isn't great for a lot of early stage. It really is bad for cash flow for a lot of people. If you can get some flexible finance, maybe equity investment or a revenue share agreement, if you can find something like that, that just really accelerates your growth. I mean, organic growth is great. And if we could all just grow without taking on and repaying anyone, then wonderful. But I guess that's not the reality. Um, So looking at your business model, looking at where the gaps are and how you can plug that, you know, is it is it just like 30k you need to go and get like a new IT system and someone to manage that. Like don't don't we always say this on RT, but don't overraise, like don't, don't borrow more money than you need because you're literally only just gonna have to pay that back. <laughs> but but don't don't under underraise at the same time. Like, you know, there are there are gaps that all businesses face and if, unfortunately a lot of social enterprises can't get really commercial competitive loans. So if you're looking at social investment, you know, it's a really good option, a really good alternative. Um, so yeah being realistic about the gaps in your business and what's a priority to plug to to get you to the next level
0: what sort of characteristics do you see make good social entrepreneurs because you said it's not just about the enterprise but it's about the person that you're investing in yeah a little bit more well I guess it's just so many
1: different different types. I I think the, the common thing with all social entrepreneurs and you'll know this joy yourself but it's just like the pure resilience and it is a really it's, it can be really difficult running a social enterprise because lots of people might you know not see the commercial aspect as much or not understand so you, you have to be constantly fighting because social enterprise isn't a real um it's not a real common thing yet and it, and it hopefully it's getting there but it's it's still kind of but of an alien concept to a lot of people I know most people I talk to when I say I work for I often have to explain what that is. Um, so, like social entrepreneurs have to be resilient and have to be really like fighting against. Unfortunately, a lot of the time fighting against like a misconception of what what business can be. Um, so, the resilience and the, the the commitment to to a cause. It's like I don't know anyone who started a social enterprise who just has like randomly chosen a cause. It's a real passion and a commitment. Something that you feel strongly about. Whether that's employment of people who face barriers. Or whether it's helping older people age more healthily it's there's always like a real background story there um so i think that's i think that's hopefully that helps but i guess also being realistic and being business savvy and knowing that you know just because you've got a good cause doesn't mean people buy your product or your service it's got to be a good service and it's got to be a good product so just making sure you can balance those two things and not know, knowing that it's not all going to rest on your your social purpose unfortunately it it has to has to be really commercially viable too
0: Well, we've talked a lot about that, about money mindset in social entrepreneurs. Um, And I think, you know, I know from my experience that sort of uh, we get into social enterprise because you want to solve a social problem. You don't get into social enterprise because you want to make a ton of money. Yeah. And but the problem is, in order for the social enterprise to have the impact that it needs to have, you do need to make money. And so, you know, I had to overcome a lot of money mindset mindset. Uh, barriers that were stopping me from actually being able to make money in the business so that we could fund the social impact we wanted. And, uh, and I know it's a common problem with social entrepreneurs. Um, What, how have you seen uh, other social entrepreneurs combat this or work through this? Yeah,
1: it's true. There can be a bit of a, almost like a feeling of guilt if you're making money, especially if you're, I think a marginalized group of people, uh, women in social enterprise, it's very common. For um, for for people to feel like making money is almost a bad thing if you've got a real uh, like commitment to a social purpose, but obviously we know that's that's not the case. Um, so I think it's I think the sector isn't brilliant either. Like we, we demand a lot of social entrepreneurs. We say that you should be going off making loads of money and doing all these good things uh, at the same time as saying like and you need to give me all this reporting and you need to give me uh, you need an asset lock in your business structure and you need all these things that we don't demand from your standard entrepreneur like we you don't demand from a, a business without social purpose like that, they need to go off and have a really niche uh, company structure for example so I think this, this sector's got a way to go in in actually saying yeah we you can make money and you can do good and you don't have to feel bad about either of those things and we will help you do that and you know. A lot of grant funding and investment is sometimes attached to certain, I don't know, clauses and things. And I think it can be preventative, especially for people who are from kind of diverse backgrounds that might just put people off altogether and, and discourage people from even starting a social enterprise because it can seem like there's barriers. So yeah, I think the sector's got a way to go as well in terms of um, encouraging profit and purpose
0: yeah so we were our last award that we received was the impact award and that yeah. was tied into um the th- well it was the thrive award that was tied into the yeah, impact yeah. fund and that's changed the impact fund now changed talk to us about the the structure and the change of the impact fund yes
1: yeah, so the impact fund so it's kind of it's been it's closed now so you, you were one of our last investments um but it was running for three years and it really uh invested in businesses of any structure, which is good. We don't, well, we, we require a social mission lock, uh, which is essentially just writing in your articles that you have a social mission. And we have a great website to help people do that uh, called getpurpose.ly, if people uh, want to use that to kind of the free way of putting purpose into your articles of association without having to pay a lawyer. Um, but yeah, so the so the impact fund invests about fifty to one hundred and fifty k anywhere between those two amounts um, into social enterprises. But uh, it 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 is a demanding process. So, like it is a long process. You know, Joy. Like it. Took us a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The due diligence was is hard. Um, the quickest we've ever invested in anyone is probably like two months, and the longest is probably like eighteen months. Um, there's a lot of different things you need when you're raising an investment and I think uh, the, the impact fund is the same as many other funds in that it it, it asks for lots of uh like have got a really you know clear financial model business plan a clear growth plan really and that is something that almost you can't get around to be honest when you're raising investment like it is
0: you it's need the, to do yeah if you're raising investment as a social entrepreneur yeah. or just in general you've got to do that you've I got mean- to do it we did the same thing when we were raising uh, equity, you know, equity investment from um, the the female investors that invested in Tech Pixies. We did the same thing. It was it was a big process, you know, to get all the finances ready to, yeah. you yeah. know. And actually, I will say, you know, sometimes you think, oh, this is really hard, and there's a lot of paperwork, and but then you also realize that once you've got the work done, then mm-hmm. you've got a plan, then you've got yeah. a, you know, you know what you're doing the next few years. You kind of you're then just yeah. you're working to the plan. And yeah. and and I do find having a plan is essential to getting, it's like having a map, having Google, right? You can get yeah. in the car and you can just try and figure out how to get there, or you can plug in the GPS and you get there yeah. a lot quicker. So that for sure. And then, that, you know, I think you come up against like roadblocks or, you know, yeah. a bridge is closed or whatever, and you got to navigate your way around it, but at least you've got a plan and you know where you're going. And I, yeah. I think that's one of the gifts that um, unlimited gave to me because even for the do it the grow it I had to have that documentation in place yeah. maybe not as extensively but I had to have you know I had to have a plan I had to have line items for where things were yeah. sent so it does yeah. force you to do that
1: it does I think what what we want to make sure there is that we are not closing doors to people who might not have any because you know if you have been on Fear limited then that's great and you were probably you're used to the way we work already but we want to make sure so we're designing our next investment fund um and hopefully that will launch towards the end of this year and we are building in things into that fund at the pre-investment stage to make sure that people don't just feel like no that's not for me like i can't i don't know how to build a financial model or i don't know what that term means or something and just automatically close and we know that we've we've detected quite a few uh, kind of key barriers that put off people from diverse backgrounds uh, including women including LGBTQ class including pe- bane people uh, and 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 people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds we know that those barriers exist when you raise investment and it and it, it closes doors to people so we're trying to tackle that by creating a, a grant fund Uh, before the investment stage which is open to people who need that support so who need need someone to come in and spend a few days with them on their strategy which will help them get to the investment process or who need you know it's so much time that you need to put into an investment process so if you for example are a mum a single mum and you've got kids like you you. Need to pay for childcare costs, and we want to create this grant fund to pay for things like that, which will hopefully break down barriers to raising social finance. Um, and I think we know that we can't carry on as a sector just expecting people to meet these levels that we, you know, you need. We've got a shopping list, a due diligence shopping list for our investment fund. It's got like twenty five things on it. We know that not everyone can do that, and so we're we're, we're definitely designing our new investment fund with this, this grant at the beginning of it, to help people who who, who might need that extra support. Because we know that pretty much it's quite easy if you're a, a, a white guy to, to do all these things. You might have all these things at your fingertips, but if you're not, um, we want to make sure we're not excluding those people. So hopefully we will break down. It's always going to be a long process and, it's, and we know it's not like, again, it's not like putting in a grant application, which you kind of just do and it's picked off and it's done. Investment raising can be a long process, but you want to pro- provide as much support to help people go through I love that.
0: that. Well, the place you want to go is unlimited, uk, uh, And it's a great place to get started. I always say to everyone who's thinking about starting a social enterprise, start there, start there, get on their mailing list, sign up to everything you can sign up to, listen to their podcast, you know, just really start to understand how they work and look for opportunities to get involved. There's a whole you know, there's a whole page, I'm just, I've pulled it up on my other screen, but there's a whole section on awards, you know, and mm. I'll tell you, I mean, you know, I'll tell you my story and this is for those who are listening who don't know it yet, but I found out about uh, uh, the Do It Award over lunch with a friend, went home and the application was due at midnight that night, the pre-application. So I put in the application and I made it through. So, you know, I think, and, and I mean, that's not to say that it's easy to get through. That's for sure. There's a lot of a demand, but it is to say that sometimes, uh, you know, don't wait for these things, just go for it. Cause if you don't get it, what I love about Unlimited as well is we always, um, whenever we've requested feedback, we always got feedback, and then that was able to help assist us on our next our next application. In fact, what I found was the more that I reached out to Unlimited for support on providing the kind of application they wanted the more chances that we got because they got to know us we got to know them they really understood what we were trying to do and what we weren't I mean that's what happened with the Thrive Award I remember being in London and we got this email saying they weren't even going to consider us and I was like no 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 no, hold on they've known us for years we need to get on the phone we need to tell them like we wouldn't be here without them and in the end we were able to get through because of the personal relationship we built up mm. over time so I just would say, get involved, get stuck in, get, you know, show up for their events and listen to, read their blog, listen to their podcast, really connect because in the world of social entrepreneurship, uh, Unlimited is probably the place to be in my opinion, uh, in the UK for sure. So um, Camilla, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you. uh, obviously, I want to thank you for the support that you've given uh, Tech Pixies as well. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a really special day for us to find out that we did get accepted into the Thrive Award and also into the Impact Fund. So I super appreciate you and your time and your effort and your help with my team as well and helping us move forwards.
1: No worries. It's a joy to joy to work with you uh, and your team. It's,
0: it's been great.
1: So um, my pleasure.
0: All right. Well, thanks again for coming on to the podcast and uh, hopefully we'll be sending some budding entrepreneurs your yeah. way,
1: social entrepreneurs your way. Please do. Yeah, and, and anyone can get in touch with me if they want to talk about social investment. Brilliant. Thanks so much.